back to the Ironstone Podcast. I'm Anderson Miller. Dimitri Ray. And today we're going to be discussing Luther, the Fallen Son, which just recently released on Netflix and that has been trending in the top 10 for uh, a week or so now. And for good reason. And we're going to get into that. Um, before we start, though, I want to clarify that neither one of us knew that this was a TV show prior to watching the film. So... Also, spoilers for those who have not seen it. Oh, yes. Um, there will be spoilers in this, so definitely. Spoiler alert. <laughs> definitely We're recommend watching Spoiling the movie. Before watching this. Gosh. All right. <clears throat> you want to know what happened in this movie, Dima? I do. All right. Luther, the Fallen Son. A serial killer terrorizes London while disgraced detective John Luther sits behind bars. Haunted by his failure to capture the cyber-psychopath who now taunts him, Luther decides to break out of prison to finish the job by any means necessary. It's like Liam Neeson getting his family back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, we're going to do something new with this. Okay. We're going to start with our rating. Okay, let's do it. So, I'm going to give this... 3.5 out of 5 stones. I'm going to go with a 3.75 because I wanted <laughs> because I agree with that, but I also wanted to give it a 4, but I feel like there's still certain mm-hmm. things about it, about the movie itself that were missing. Yep. Um, <clears throat> not necessarily with the actors and their portrayal of their characters. Yeah, no, but I, I, I feel like in the storyline itself and th- certain things that we were shown, um, in my opinion, was missing. Um, I still think it's a great movie. Like I said, the actors killed it. I mean, um, Andy Serkis, he's a phenomenal actor, and anything that I've seen him in, I've been a fan of his. Yeah, um, same. Idris Elba, mm-hmm. Elba. Um, I think he he is a. You know, we were talking before the show. He's a great actor anyway. Um, he can sell me on a movie even if I don't like the story. Exactly. So, um, like I said, it's nothing against, you know, what the actors did. It's more on the lines of the story and what we were shown. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. felt like it was missing. But <laughs> in their defense, I mean, I just, I seen this thing that Netflix uh, actually, I think is. They uh, changed Luther in The Falling Sun to make it less scary. And for me, being a fan of horror movies, mm. um, granted, this is from NME um, uh, article, I think it was, uh, saying that. So I don't know the how accurate that actually is, but based I, on them... I can believe it from... I can believe it too. I wish they would have left it Reactions I've in, seen though. online. Yeah. Um, it seems like people who did watch the TV show... I'm kind of relating it to people who have read a book for a movie. Yes. When the movie's about a book series and then they go see it versus like someone who doesn't read books and just goes like generally the person who didn't read the book is going to like the movie a lot more than the person who's read the book. Right. So I, that's kind of how I 
feel like it is with this because I was watching some reviews about this movie and they tear it apart. Yeah. They think it shouldn't have been made. They think it was awful. Um, they think it's not really a testament to the series that came mm-hmm. before. And I'm just like, man, all right. But something I've heard is that it doesn't feel as um, like the stakes don't feel as high and it feels like things aren't really earned yeah. in this film. And I can kind of agree with that on some things, but I just, I think not seeing the TV show, I just don't have that comparison. So for me and him, it was an introductory to this character and this whole world. And I was overall just very entertained. Um, I thought it was filmed very well. You can tell by the way it's filmed, it was probably meant to be a darker film. Right. So I can believe that article. I I can believe that 100%. Um, I love a good cat and mouse serial killer detective story. Um, I will always talk about Seven. You guys have heard me talk about other podcast episodes. Um, Seven is like top tier for me. And I'd say right under it is Zodiac Killer. Like, I love a dark, gritty uh, take on a serial killer and detectives trying to figure out what's going on. And something for me that I think makes you feel like the stakes are high is when it's like a ticking time bomb. So, like, in Seven, they know something awful is going to happen when he gets to the seventh deadliest sin. And they're like, we got to figure out who this guy is. And Zodiac, you just feel like there's going to be a lot of people that die if you don't figure out who this guy is. Yeah. And a lot of people died yep. and he was able to disappear and come back. And so I, I like that, you know, in a story for me, it was, uh, it reminded me kind of, of, uh, prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal, which we'll oh. get to in a later podcast, but yes, we will. <laughs> um, it kind of had the same, ma- uh, cat and mouse game with that yeah. or, uh, you know, Dexter season, was it season six with the, uh, um, serial killer man. Watching this show so many times, I should have his name memorized by now. I see his face, but uh, pretty much the serial killer who was killing based on the Book of Revelation. Oh, um, oh. Um, it was kind of like that. Like, I know you're talking about. And I can't. I can't think of what they were calling him. Yeah, but um, I know. I yeah, I know exactly what you're talking. But it was about. a cat and mouse game, not only with Dexter and the serial killer trying to figure it out because they were on a time crunch um which we'll get to in a later podcast but yeah. also with the uh, miami uh homicide we're trying to figure it out real quick too so you know there's a lot of things out there that do a very good job with it and i think this movie uh luther was now one of those movies that does a very good job with the cat and mouse games i thought the stakes were present yes and definitely high i, I that's why I, i'm confused by these reviews because to me, I feel like now. Granted, I do think his escape from prison was kind of yeah soft. It didn't really feel yeah. like a big thing. It felt almost easy yeah. to a degree, but I, you did have this feeling of like if he doesn't get out of prison, uh, no one's gonna figure out what's going exactly. on. Like you feel like he's he's almost like the James Bond of this world. Yep. It's like you have all these spies, but if this one doesn't tackle this, cer- right. like it. It's not going to get solved. It's not going to get figured out. I feel like they rushed that part of the movie because it wasn't, you know, what they really wanted to focus on. They wanted to focus on this cat and mouse game. And it's I feel too like that... bad, though, because when I was reading about this movie before I watched yeah. it, that's what intrigued me. 
Yeah. I was like, wow. Like, because again, I didn't understand that there was this TV show and all the things he did in the series. Because it sounds like he's basically a vigilante in the yeah. TV show. Like, he has a badge, but he always, like, kind of goes over the line yeah. of what he's supposed to do. Um, so that's cool. And I'm probably going to end up checking this TV show out. But, um, you know, he goes to prison for all these things he did in the TV show. So, like, I was kind of not... I don't feel like they did a great job of explaining why he was in prison in this yeah. film. Um, but it didn't really matter too much. You know, you just kind of see the news story of, yeah. like, oh, he's been put in prison for, like, the, the things he did they to figure out... Over yeah. So it was like, all right, cool. But to me, it was like, wow. The main protagonist that you're rooting for is in prison. Yeah. But you have this understanding of like, he is a good guy and he needs to be out of prison. So right. I'm like, it would have been so cool if there was a lot more into the prison escape. Yeah. Cause you would have been rooting for him, yeah. even though like the prison guards, the warden, they're all people just doing their job similar to prison break. Yep. You know, it's, it's like you're rooting for this guy because you know something they don't, you know, and that's that he can figure all this shit out with the right. serial killer. Um, and I, I'm going to jump right into Andy circus real quick because yeah. I am such a huge fan of his and I love that he's getting these more like a lot of people are familiar with him for his like CGI work. Like he did Snoke in Star Wars, Schmeagol in Lord of the Rings, um, stuff like that. But I like that he's getting these more prominent characters and like the MCU and even as Alfred in the Batman in which he did a phenomenal job. He's such a rounded actor. Yeah, man. He's so good. And uh, even though I hated his hair in this movie, I thought his hair looked stupid. Yeah, but I think it was supposed to fit the character. <laughs> yeah, like, but... kind of some dork, honestly. But he just absolutely delivered. Yeah. Like, I, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, Andy Serkis delivers. He does. Always, I mean, just... Always. And Idris Elba does, too. Yeah. And what's interesting about Idris is that he is, for me, on par with, like, Tom Hanks mm -hmm. or Samuel Jackson... It's like their style of acting isn't necessarily they're a different character. They're giving you a very good version of themselves yes. that you could believe would be this character, yeah. which I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just how I look at some actors that are like, you know, of high praise. Right. Um, Cause uh, if you ask me, Samuel Jackson, he's pretty much the same in same most guy. movies, but you just love that he's in them and he yep. kills it in the role that he's in. Yep. And that's how Idris Elba is. And I'm not saying he's not a good actor. Right. It's just a different style of acting. Yes. And he's good at it. And I think he, you know, really nails this role. Um, I I actually felt like we didn't really get enough of his story. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Like, there's people that are saying this movie does do a good job of making it. So if you're a first comer to this series and this character... Mm -hmm. You have a good understanding of what's going on. I'm like, yeah, you kind of do. But I could have used more of, like, what was going on with him uh, internally. And whether that's, like, having more emotionally involved characters that he has dialogue with that help yeah. build him as a character and establish, like, his motivations. Other than he is just, you know, this... Uh, well, I guess detective at first, but then he's not. Right. But either way, he's just a man of the wall, and he's out here trying to like hunt a serial killer. I, I, I don't know. I could have used a little bit more. I could have, too. I feel like... I mean, it was already a two-hour-long movie, though. Yeah. And I feel like that's why they didn't, because it was such a, you know, 
and I'm not saying this in a negative sense, but it was a long movie, yeah, which most it, movies are two hours nowadays. But yeah. I feel like it really would have got pushed to like three plus hours if we had. To That's a fair do point. That. Yeah. So, which I feel like with the TV show, watching it prior to watching the movie would have really given us that a little more. Um, but I do agree. I feel, I wish we would have got to see more of an emotional side of like who this guy is as an audience. Like get, you know, a little more emotionally involved with his character, uh, mm-hmm. Luther. Um, but I think, you know, what they really wanted to focus on was the cat and mouse game. And that's what they, and they did. They focused on um, that primarily. They I mean, jump that, right into they it. They did. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like taking that away would have taken away from the game itself yeah, and wouldn't have been as impactful as it was. I almost feel like, and this is just me assuming, mm-hmm. that this story could have almost been a mini-series. Yeah. So, like, he's reprising this role, kind of similar to Dexter. Yeah. Like, the story of Dexter, uh, Bad Blood, what was it called? Bad Blood. Bad Blood, okay, yeah. I feel like that could have just been a... Yeah a movie if they had done some cutting yeah. here and there cutting some fat but i like that it was a mini series let it breathe more you got more out of the story um i think this new blood, Not new blood. New okay blood. new blood sorry they're like he's a fake fan <laughs> there's I'm too many things we're trying to keep it. up with all right <laughs> um no but i i feel like if this could have been a mini series yeah you know, like a one-time event miniseries, like he comes back one last time right. for this role. That would have been cool, and maybe things that I have gripes with wouldn't be present, and right. then I would give this a four, four and a half stones. Because honestly, all of my gripes are just with, like, I think all the acting's good. I think the filming's good. Um, the scores, eh. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not I really wasn't, special, it but wasn't the best. it doesn't take away from the no, film or anything. It's not like... The Studio Squad, you know, David Ayer's yep. uh, butchered film where you just got music being thrown in there right. like, oh, okay. I mean, some of the music was cool, but then some of it just like, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like that. But yeah, so the score was eh, but everything else was great. It's just the, the some of the story aspects, um, there were just things missing or things right. that I feel like weren't dived into enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the prison aspect for me is a big thing. Like you could have had a whole 45 minute episode in a season about yeah. him in prison, at least, I if mean, not two shit season or uh, not season, uh, prison break had a whole season about break. a whole season yeah. and then some yep. about breaking out of prison. So you can really drag, you know, prison breaks along, mm-hmm. you know, so, but I, I see again, I see why they didn't do that with this character because i i feel like i understand that and i i mean i could be completely wrong about this but the way i see it they wanted to focus on the cat and mouse game yeah and that was their biggest concern with this movie yeah versus the but i do agree i love prison breaks stories like any of them well that's what intrigued me yes you know because there's a lot of the cat and mouse stories out there um so that's what like caught my attention but i can say I did enjoy what yep. I was given. So, see, with me, it was the serial killer aspect. Me being such a big fan dude. on serial killer stories like Dexter, um, you know, I mean, shit, even your uh, actual serial killer movies based mm-hmm. on real serial killers, you know, 
uh, the Ted Bundy movie, um, you know, the Zodiac movie, um, hell, even the, you know, Dahmer t- uh, TV show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, I mean, granted, like, like I said in the, you know, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre podcast, I was never a fan of his as a serial killer because to me he was real basic. Mm. And I like the ones that, you know, aren't, you know, the basic, you know, past and all that. But it changed my mind on him. And so in that sense, because I love psychology, I I became a fan of learning about serial killers. So to me, that was the grasp. Like, you know, you gave us two movies to choose from for this. And I originally said the other one. And then you said, oh, that's surprising because this one's based on a serial killer. I was like... I gotta watch that. Like, I gotta see what they do with this character who is a serial killer. Um, Andy's character being the serial killer. And honestly, I'm glad I like this serial killer because he's different. I thought that this was a very fresh take yes. on a serial killer. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of things. For one, he's not just acting on his own, which yes. is very interesting. What was it? They uh, classified it as, like, a red room, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, there's so much I got to unpack with his character, but like, yeah, the fact that he's got basically a network, right? That of people, yes. Um, and it, it kind of turns into there was there was a hostile movie. I don't know if you've seen any of the hostile movies. I think I think we watched them. There's I don't know if it's the second one or the third one where they end up on a on a live stream. And then people who bought into the event could select how yeah. people get tortured. Yep. That's kind of what this reminded me of. Yes. Not a ri- not a direct ripoff by any means. Right. It's its own thing because uh, uh, it's just completely different. I'm not going to break down why it's different. <laughs> it is. If you've seen the movie yeah. and then you've seen this, you know it's different. But that's what it reminded me of. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's really cool. Yeah. Because usually when you have a serial killer, like in Seven or Zodiac, they're hiding, they're alone, they don't really try to leave you hints as to who they are, you know? They just want you to see what they've done, yeah. and that's that's that. Yeah. Um, and then if they do want to have a game of, like, here's little breadcrumbs that might lead you to me, yeah. um, then then there's that, but it's never, like, on level of this. No. I mean, this dude is streaming his face. Cause, yeah, well, and he, he kind of is on par with, like, a James Bond villain near yes. the end of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, having this, like, big hideout, and like, I thought the final act was pretty good. Yes. A lot of people say they don't like it. I thought it was good. I liked it. And I like that, because I had a question the whole movie. I had this in my notes. I was like... Because, uh, you know, early on when they're finding bodies, right. like, this person's been missing for X amount yeah. of time, and they're still fresh. Yes. But we can tell they've been dead for a while. Right. So I love near the end, you see all those bodies floating under the ice, and it's like, oh, connected a dot that's right how. there from a question I had earlier in the film. And I was like, that's so cool. Because yeah. I think a good ending of a movie should deliver on promises that are given to you earlier. Right. You, you can't just present something like that and then not explain how it happened. Right. So... That was cool. Yeah. I liked that. And it was that shot was so creepy too. When you just kind of see the water and all the bodies just stuck under the ice. Yeah. And you know how fitting that he ended up going out that way as yeah. well, but 
yeah, so I, I don't know. The the serial killer in this is just awesome. What, what did you think about the mask? So that mask, it, it was different. Yes. Because it was like, you know, it wasn't a mask. It was like a screen that he... Basically, like, yeah. Yeah. It was electronic. And it was cool, though. It was creepy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow. Like When you first see him looking in that window when the house is on fire... That was a phenomenal decision. I was, on I was like, dude, that is terrifying. Yeah. Like, imagine you come into this good. house, you see what you see, yep. um, and then on top of that, it's on fire, and then you look yes. out a window, and you just see this really ugly looking face being displayed on a screen yeah. on a body right there's just so much to process and not a lot of time no they had no time to process anything and uh that shot where he's sta- like it, the serial killer he's standing there mm-hmm. looking at the house on fire i think that is my favorite shot in the movie i yeah. thought that was badass yeah. i was like dude that is cool like he because <laughs> he wasn't running he right. you know like he it shows like he feels he's in control. Yeah, because I mean, and, even when they have masks, it's usually like something weird. But like, the teeth are normally a like it's a, you know, symmetrical set yeah, of teeth. Yeah. I mean, his teeth were, they were all messed up. It, it looked like you know, there was nothing around the eye socket except for the eyeball itself because it was all dark. The face was pale, pasty white like a ghost and then you have the hood up on top it was just the perfect combination for eerie yeah and i think they did a great job with that i mean like i said it, it looked like it was uh projected on like a you know yes white screen and you got a projector like that's the kind of vibe i got from it and then it starts switching to um i think it was the victims that like pictures of the yeah, victims that it, was switching through it. And I was it's, like, it's like a big psychological game. Yes. And you know, cause I'm at like, it's funny. I skipped right over this. The bodies hanging. Yeah. That like, I, that was the first thing I was like, Oh, this mm-hmm. movie's dark. You know, yeah. like this is wow. Okay. Like he lures the um, victims families to there. And he makes you think they're alive. Yeah. Cause he records them before he kills them. So it's yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to skip ahead to later in the movie uh, when he's capturing, forgive me, I forget her name, Anya, uh, DCI's daughter, DCI Rain's daughter. Oh. That he takes. I forget her name. I think it's Anya. Um, but either way, when he's stalking her, when she comes home, that scene was beautifully done. Yes. Um or that whole sequence, I should say, because you have a cyber stalker serial killer, right? Um, How brilliant is it that he's able to manipulate you in your own home just using the devices around you? He's not even in there with you. He's just talking to you, making things happen with electronics. I was like, dude, that's fucking brilliant. It is. He I, was a very sophisticated serial killer. Yeah, like, I I think, uh, you know, I don't have my notes on me right now, but I think I marked down something about that whole thing. I was like, this is innovative Yeah. Uh, in terms of, because usually with a serial killer, we'll see a scene, uh, you know, like in the Batman with the Riddler. Yeah. You know, we only see it the one time in the, in the mayor's house. Yeah. But they enter the home and they stalk their victim. Yeah. So he's stalking through 
this technology yeah. that he's established his whole identity with. Versus essentially. most serial killers getting off to physically stalking them. Yeah, I I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, that whole that whole sequence of events with her like took this movie up for me yeah. a notch. I was like, that's really cool. So yeah, yeah. it's a very you know, it kind of reminded me of a very twenty first century mm-hmm. serial killer. Yeah, using the electronics to where. You know, when law enforcement, you see law enforcement in movies um, using 21st century electronics to catch them, you're seeing it on the opposite end where the serial killer is using it to his advantage to stalk them, to, you know, psychologically torture them. And, you know, it's like he's getting off on it from a distance. He's not doing it himself. Yeah. You know, per se. I mean, he is, but not like, you know, right there in person. He's doing it from a distance, and I think that's what made him a very sophisticated, uh, challenging serial killer for the, uh, you know, law enforcement in the movie, was yeah. because he was never physically there. He lured them to a certain place to take them. Yeah, well, it also made me start thinking, because I, there's a few people that think that this movie ends with an open ending. I don't personally agree with that. I, I think they they put a bow on this story just fine. Other other than uh, Luther is now a contract. I don't even know what what he is now. A contractor or like you know. So he's not yeah. he's not the detective that he's always been known right. as, or an inmate anymore. Which I got a little gripe with that, and I'll touch on that in a second. But. So yeah, he got whatever he, he is now, and who yeah. whatever he's gonna work. I don't know, whatever that is. Like I feel like he's essentially James Bond at yeah. the end, um, which is funny because you know everyone. I don't know if you know this. There's a lot of people that have been advocating for him to play James Bond. I've seen that. I for saw like a report where the he past two he years, never yeah, he said he would never do it. And that's what's funny about these people online. They never consider what the actual person themselves right. wants to. It's it's like Zack Snyder or or. Ben Affleck for Batman. Yeah. Hate to get way off track right now, but like the man literally just said in an interview that after his experience with Justice League, he was done with the character. He didn't want to do it again. And then when they presented the script for the Flash movie, he was like, okay, this is a redemption arc for me because he never felt like he got the character done right in his own self. Like he never felt like he nailed it. And he said he nailed it in this, and it's a good send-off. So yes. he's done. But he, then you got people, hashtag, make the bat flag. It's like, how can you do that if the man himself doesn't want to do right. it? Stupid. So anyways, we'll tangent over. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the film ends just fine for me. Yeah. The serial killer's dead. Yep. There's no question about that. Right. Okay, I was making sure yeah, we no, agree on that because maybe people out there think, oh, he might have got I mean, out if, the ice afterwards. But I- <laughs> if they say he's alive and he comes back, then they're he's immortal at that point. Like yeah. the dude was stuck under the ice. It was it was ice. Like hypothermia kicked in. This dude's dying. This dude is dead at that point. Like yeah. If he doesn't die, then he's pretty much fucking scream or I mean I. For the viewers, <laughs> I know it is usually a different person behind the mask, but it's still the same concept. Yeah, it's the, the same. So, just so they don't get mad, it's like Michael Myers. Michael, Michael Myers. Myers is always the same yeah. freaking person. 
He burned and got locked in the house that caught on fire and burned to ashes. The dude died, but magically he survived. Doesn't make sense. Anyway. But it's going to be on that <laughs> level of things. Yeah. And yeah. it it's going to ruin the character. It's going to ruin the story. I mean, like in That's Star my Wars. Thing. Episode 9, when they brought back Palpatine, George Lucas stated he died. So they pretty much retconned everything, ruined, you know, Anakin Skywalker coming back to the light side, yeah. ruining everything that happened in those movies, and especially in episode 6, just so they're like, oh, bring back the big bad again. Like, no, new characters. Yeah. It, when you try to create a, a new story and you basically retcon what you did before that, for the same world, right. but just for this story, you're actually hurting your franchise. You are. And that's a big mistake that happens, unfortunately. A lot. And it happened with the fucking trilogy, the last yeah. trilogy we got for Star Wars. And and that's a whole other conversation, it, but it's it, just, it, it it's is, a good but, example. And that's all this is. My, my feeling with this film is that it was, because it's been referred to as the comeback to tie up the series. Yeah. So he came back to reprise his role. They did this movie. I feel like it's kind of similar to uh, uh, the Breaking Bad film that Netflix did. Yes. You know? Yep. It, it was like, here's a nice little bow well, on that. Send it off. Now, and, granted, I could see them making a sequel to this, <clears throat> but I feel like it would almost be a completely different movie and different feel. But I'm not saying they need to do it. I think it was yeah. a perfect send-off. Because if you if you continue, then you got Idris Elba, who's no longer a cop. He's not an right. A. He's just like a, a rogue Contra. mercenary. Yeah, pretty much. And then maybe Andy Serkis' character. What's what's his character's name? David Roby. Roby. That's it. Roby. That's the. Uh, this whole time I've been, I've been saying serial killer. I'm like Ro, Ro, like in my <laughs> head, Roby. Um. Maybe he inspired yeah. another, you know, maybe that would be the story. But right. to me, that would just totally deflate right. what they did with this Because film. at the end so of the day, I, like, you could keep making movies about it. But it's like, this, the ending that they gave us, you know he's going to be working for whoever this group is, whether it's government, whether you know, it's contract, whatever it is, he's going to be working for them. He's not going back to prison because, in the sense, this is, you know... It's like in Catch Me If You Can. I forget who oh. the movie was based off of, what his name was. Um, but instead of going to prison, the FBI hired him for his prison term. And he worked with them to help them catch people yeah. like him. Yeah. And then, granted, he stayed working for the FBI after long after the time that he had to work with them. Yeah, he had a and job. And made a career <laughs> out of it. Yeah. But... So that's kind of the sense that, you know, they're having with this. So you can just be like, you know, in your head, you're like, all right, he's working with them. The big bad was killed or died, you know, trying to escape from um, John's character or, you know, Idris's character, John. Yeah. And it it's a perfect ending to the perfect story. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it should just be done. I agree. Um, now I'm going to jump into the prison thing. I don't understand why he doesn't go back to prison at the end of the movie. And I, I it's, there's a lot, I, cause I've looked this up. I've listened to different theories and stuff, but my, my sole issue is when, when you're giving someone a story through a movie, again, you got to reward promises that are yeah. given to you earlier in the film. 
and one of those promises was the arrangement for his working on yeah. this. The people that helped me out of he prison agreed to go back. So I, yeah. the whole like riding off into the sunset at the end was just kind of like, okay, wow. like, because the other issue I had this whole film is this dude's out and about in the public eye, yeah, acting like a detective, right? Uh, he even refers to himself as one, yeah. So it's like his face has been all over the news. Yeah, that that you kind know, of like, bothered me. Like R- Roby, see, he sees him on the news earlier in the yeah. film. And that's how they kind of give to us, the people who hadn't seen the TV series, here's why he's in prison. He did these bad things. So it's very common knowledge to anyone who watches the news. (laughs) This guy's bad. He's supposed to be in prison. And I'm sure when he got out of prison, there was coverage on that as well. Probably like be on the lookout, stuff like that. Which even for people who don't watch the news nowadays, which most people I feel like, you know, don't really do that, at least our generation, yeah. it's all over social media. Yeah, so yeah. you're for, telling me for a movie that's very emphasized on yeah, technology, yes. the internet, all that. There's no way They're people weren't aware. Exactly. You know, and that's so that was a big issue. Yep. Cause they don't have like even if they just had a few scenes where there was like passer buyers like, Oh, that's that's John Luther. Call nine one one, honey. You know, like something like that. Right. Cool. And then he's gotta run and hide. Yeah. But, but no, like, like nobody even noticed so, him. So that was one thing I will agree they they dropped the ball with stakes because when you break out of prison, even if there's some group helping you, right. to the common folk, you're a criminal. Yes. You know, they're not gonna be aware that somebody's helped you out or no. So have a big problem with that. It is a kind of flaw in the story for and me. That's what Prison Break did so good with that. Oh, I mean, granted, so it was all, good. You know, five so seasons good. Seasons to really play off of it. You just felt like they were never safe anywhere. They were never, never. Like they yeah. were constantly hiding their face. Mm-hmm. You know, they. I mean, yeah, they went to you know, not to get too far off subject. They went to you know that lady's house looking for the money in yeah. the second season. Yeah. And she didn't really notice them. You know, realize like who Which they was, were. That was believable, right? Yeah, you know, but they were still hiding their face, and even like as the contractors, he, he like, does nothing. He does nothing. He's out there like I'm fucking John Luther, yeah. motherfucker. Like, yeah, it's like like okay. he's in a jacket, <laughs> like, in a coat without a hood or anything. Like, like, like I'll, I'll just assume you they shorten your sentence. No big deal. Like, right. It just, I don't know. It didn't make I, sense. Yeah, so it bothered me, so. but um, I can. It's weird. For some reason, I was okay with it. And, I, and I, that might be part of why they didn't put too much emphasis on yeah. the prison break and the whole prison thing in general. Like, because there's a lot of weird things that happen. Like, he gets a cell phone in prison. Yeah, which I I can kind of see that. Like, if he has, you know, a CEO in there mm. who, you know, knows him and he's very cool with because of his law enforcement background then maybe they might try to smuggle a phone in for him. So I could kind of see it like that. It's it's stretched. Dude, as soon as that phone call went in that he had a cell phone, they were raiding that cell. Yeah. (laughs) That was a load. I I actually kind of laughed at that part, just like how, like, intense they were about him having a cell phone. So, again, that's kind of like, we're going to handle this situation like that, but when this guy's walking around in public, it's la-di-da. Right. But... I think again because of how they nerfed the whole prison thing, yeah. I was it kind of set me up to overlook right. everything else that was flawed with that whole situation. Yeah. So 
kudos to them, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, with them hyper fixating on the cat and mouse game, mm-hmm. you don't really, I, at least with me when I watched it, I wasn't necessarily like That's what focused I'm on that. I was focused more on the game. It's almost like the prison thing could have just been something we heard about. Like we didn't even need to see it. Exactly. They could have skipped. Like yeah, I right broke out of prison it. last week. I'm looking for the serial right. killer. Like okay, cool. I, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't really necessary for the plot of the movie. Like, with the way it started, and then you could see, like, the headlines, and then you could see, like, you know, some movies will go, like, you know, five years later, whatever the time limit was. They could have easily just done that real quick and went right into the cat and mouse game. Yeah. And it would have been the exact same movie for me. The prison break thing wasn't necessary in my it, with the way they set it up, in my opinion, it wasn't necessary. With, with the lady coming to the prison, I forget her name, but her he, the lady that he promised he'd find her son. Oh yeah. From the beginning, yeah. her coming there and her pretty much saying "fuck you," like it wasn't necessary, in my eyes. Because... Oh, something I just remembered, that it was in my notes. I had a problem yeah. with this. You might have caught why it made sense. It didn't make sense to me. Uh, when there was the first chase scene with luther after roby mm-hmm. and then he calls what's his face like he's out how did he not know he was out of prison because it was they a prison explain. break yeah it i was on the like, i don't understand that it was in the media because it's your whole thing is you're online and you've got a network and right. i was so I'm, i was like did i miss something yeah i was I, again, I didn't really see anything with that. My that issues with this that. film are with the story. Yeah. There are some hiccups. There are. So I don't know. Now, maybe, you know, pulling <laughs> out of the A, maybe he was so worried about this, everything going on with his organization and trying to get the pieces moving that maybe he was too busy to see it. But that is pulling out of my ass to get that, you know, answer. There was yeah, nothing in I it just... that really explained it, and I feel like they dropped the ball on in that regard. It's like... I don't know. So that, that kind of bothered me, too. Yeah. It caught me off guard because, dude, that uh, fight sequence, though, where you realize that uh, Roby can fight. Oh, yeah. he's. Fighting. I was like... Badass. okay yeah because that's the other thing is like usually the serial killer isn't capable of right combat to that degree yeah which is why they keep a distance yes and he keeps a distance but man when he's face to face with luther he can stand his own oh yeah and uh and it makes me wonder maybe the tv show explains this but what was this dude's background because he's highly intelligent yeah. and he's very skilled with hand-to-hand combat yeah i'm kind of curious about that myself um I just remembered another issue I had. I, I hate how I have issues with things so much, but <laughs> again, I, I cover this in Texas Chainsaw. I overanalyze everything yeah. now. That's what this has done to me. <laughs> it's, cr- it's created a monster. Um, when they're fighting in the subway, mm-hmm. why did only one, like any other instance we see SWAT members, they're in a group, yeah. which is how it is in real life. Yep. Why did only one SWAT member come down in the subway by himself like that? I don't know. Tactically, it was a very poor decision on his part, but I feel like, you and, know, he just left the group and was like, yeah, I'm, which, I hear people, I'm running. Which I was thinking that, and I was like, okay, he's going to get his ass reamed. But then another solo SWAT member comes down yeah. 
to help him and he realized like oh luther is helping him luther is not bad yeah right so i'm like how many more like dumbass SWAT members do we have? And that's the thing. Like, I've watched plenty of shows and movies about SWAT teams. Uh, we have friends that are cops. We know that is damn well not how it works. No. And I don't care what country you're in. That is not no. tactical at all. Because no. when you're calling in SWAT with bulletproof gear and helmets and shields, yeah. it's something bad. And it means you got to stick in a group. Yeah. And if you do separate, you're at least in teams of two. Right. At least. So if they were a team of two, why were they separated by so many minutes? Right. You know, like that, and that's... And that's the thing. Like, it just really bothered me. He came like, running God. up. He hit him with his gun. And then, you know, in the middle of the fight, his partner comes. I, I could kind of understand. Like, he just took off. His partner didn't realize it for a second. It was like, oh, shit, he went this way. Kind of deal. But like you said, minutes. Like, this dude's bleeding out. He's trying yeah. to fucking... Uh, to you know, medically, you know, stop the bleeding. Uh, well, because Roby had time to run off exactly. before that guy came, so it was like, yeah, okay. I'll tell you in my head what I thought the reason for this was, because it was it was again just kind of lazy writing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make Roby. That's his name, right? Yeah, Roby. Okay, they want to make Roby look like he could be good competition for luther yes. like he's a you know good opposition but they didn't want to make luther look like a bitch essentially yeah because in this scenario if you're gonna have roby get away he has to somehow one up luther yes and so they get down the subway like i just picture they were riding like oh yeah they get down the subway and like he's he's fighting them and like it's a good combat and then like wait how how do we like make luther look strong without him beating him oh crap uh, oh well, we sh- we had a SWAT team we just showed in a couple scenes ago. So right. uh, one of them comes down, and yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, that that's what it felt like to me. Because then that creates a situation where Luther, being a good guy, yeah. would obviously stay and help the guy who just got shot, right, and let the bad guy get away. So right. it just felt like a cheap way. It felt very shoehorned, yeah. you know. And I was like, okay, but yeah. So that that bothered me, and it sucked because that fight between them was so cool fucking phenomenal it was so cool and they didn't even really need to bring the swat in with that because he got stabbed so you know it could make sense you know with that but it's then again it's like well why didn't he kill them and then it goes back to the cat and mouse where he's like he enjoys playing with him and that's why he didn't kill wait the swat member got stabbed luther oh luther okay okay Uh, well swat member got cut in his uh, That's right, he did get caught. And the uh, artery why, going up his thigh. I don't know why I thought he got shot. Yeah. Um, but then again, I felt like the way I saw it, Roby was, you know, his fighting style and the, you know, his knowledge with fighting and hand to hand combat, I felt like he was a better fighter than Luther was. Mm hmm. Maybe that's just me, but, you know, with the way he, nah, he worked with the knife and his self-defense, don't get me wrong, Luther was definitely a badass. He was definitely able to handle his own. Yeah. But I still no, felt I'm like Roby was a better fighter. He felt like a problem. Yes. Like, in that combat, I was like, oh, crap, man. Like, I didn't think uh, Luther was getting out of that alive. I mean, I knew he was <laughs> going to, obviously, because the movie wasn't over with. But I felt like he could easily die at any given second. Uh, and again, I hate to go back to a negative, but you know, I said earlier I felt like they didn't give us enough of a arc with Luther. Yep. Personally, it would have been cool to see him actually get 
one-upped in that battle. Yeah. Like, remove the SWAT situation. Right. He gets his ass handed to him. Like, it's a close fight, but he loses in right. this situation. And then he can redeem himself later. Ark. Yes. <laughs> but no, he's just like a badass. And there has to be something else that happens that keeps him from doing his yeah. job. And it's like, okay. So, yeah, it kind of bothered me. But again... I do like this movie yeah. a lot, so it's not like that ruined anything for me. No, I mean, just all Just minor these... story issues. Exactly. Just, yeah. Just little things that added up to the 3.75 stones for me. It wasn't anything that, like you said, ruined the movie. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it was a very good movie. I was very entertained. Um, just watching it, like, as a viewer with, you know, the... the uh, film background mm-hmm. not being a part of my thought process yeah entertaining movie yeah. i enjoyed it yeah i enjoyed the action scenes i enjoyed you know the choreo choreography choreography thank you <laughs> with the fight scenes i i thought they did a good job yeah then bringing in my film background and my knowledge with behind the scenes and everything else bringing that into thought that's when the negativity starts coming and that's when my nitpick starts happening. Yeah, and for a Netflix film, I think this is top tier. Yes. Because I'm not a fan of most Netflix-produced films. I think a lot of them are kind of boring. I mean, they're entertaining to the point where I'll watch them and I'll be like, yeah. okay, I mean, it was a decent movie. It, I'm not you know, dead set on making yeah. it a big deal, though. A lot of them just feel like they were thrown together so quickly yeah. in an attempt to get a quick rise on a cheap buck. Yep. And I think that's a big part of why Netflix is struggling right now. Because, yep. I mean, all streaming services are struggling to some degree. Yeah. It just is what it is. Uh, because now there's too many of them. You know, back in that's the day, the before it was a hot commodity. Yeah. It was Netflix. Yeah. You know, there was no, like, opposition. But now there's just so many. Peak. Like, you think Peak. of it, it's got a streaming yeah. service. I'm waiting for YouTube to somehow get TV shows exclusively. I'm going to be honest, I'm surprised they haven't. I am too. Like, I'm really but, surprised. I mean, YouTube's been around since the early 2000s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, It just kind of seems like the they next were the step. Start. Right. Because they have YouTube TV. They got YouTube TV. They have, you they know, have movies that you can movies. rent. Like, it, imagine if you see, like, I don't know. Like YouTube special. Yeah, like... I take any new movie that's coming out. Uh, what's the new one with uh, Adam Driver? That's what I was trying to think of. Is it called 34? It's a number. Sci-fi movie of dinosaurs. Yeah. I, I know people watch it right now. It's this, you dumbass. Right. It's a number, all right? I think I want to say 34. I'm going to put my money on it. Drum roll. 65. God damn. <laughs> You're uh, so nice. All right, 65. <laughs> <laughs> so off. Uh, I had no money to put down, so that, that worked out for me. <laughs> but anyways, take that movie. Say when it comes to streaming, you see exclusively on YouTube, you'd be like, I can just go to YouTube.com right. and watch this movie. Right. But that's that'd the be thing, something. Is like it would have ads, of course, and then you'd have to have a paid subscription to watch yeah. it without. But still, that'd be crazy. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of rights to movies and stuff so but i feel like they have the money to put the bid in they have to have the money well i mean youtube is such a huge part of everyday life 
like with us or podcasts, other people well, put their stuff on there. But think then about you have, all like, the ads. The you ads. can't watch anything without ads. No, most ads are either 15 so, seconds long. Those are companies sending the money. Or you have two ads. Yeah. Per video you watch. I mean, I'm just trying. I'll pull up like music oh. on YouTube to listen in the car. And I have to worry about the stupid ads. And yes, it's annoying as shit. Yeah. But that's money. That's money they're getting. That's so, what I'm saying. I mean, because we know how that works now. Yeah. You know, you get, you get a click. Money comes in, like, because there's ads involved. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's coming. It's, That's all I got to say. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. And then eventually Disney's going to buy everything, and then we're all going to bow to the mouse. So. Bow to the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, all right, so uh, finishing up on Luther, I'm just going to say that I really enjoyed this movie, and I will add to my very long and extensive list watching the tv show so i guess in 2034 i'll let you guys know if if watching it changed my opinion on this because it's gonna be a while what did you think of that at the end of the movie when luther and rain get captured and they're in the room where it's being live streamed to everybody okay she has to stab him and then he's supposed to uh, shatter her kneecap mm. with a hammer yeah. in order to save her kid. Like that scene there for me was intense. It was because as a viewer, I'm thinking like, how are they getting out of this? Yeah. Because like, honestly, I don't see them getting out of this. They did a great job of setting up a situation which you don't see any other way but what's being presented yes. to you. And I actually was sitting there thinking like, when he's yelling at her, just do it. Yeah. I was like. She's gonna have to, yeah. You know, like, like that's it. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a really good scene. It was. I thought that was perfectly executed. I, I love I, scenes like that, dude. Yes. Walking Dead is full of scenes like that. Yeah. Especially yeah. once you get into later seasons, because you can tell with the writing of Walking Dead, they're like, we need to come up with something new, and they'll they'll put characters in situations, and you're just like, how do they get out of this? And then it's like, oh. Okay, didn't think of that, you I know, mean, so... Shit, me only... No, I am on the second season, I think. Um, Is that The Farm? Yeah. Yes, that's a good season. Um, But it was like... John Bernthal is my favorite character in that season. Shane? Yeah. I love Shane in The Walking Dead. I'm a big advocate for Shane over Rick. Hate on me. Uh, <laughs> John Bernthal, man, he's a load in that season. Yeah. We call people that are cool, awesome, worship-worthy, iconic loads. loads. Okay? That's the thing. We we all say it. Even Jordan Grant. Kate probably says it now, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, they already started showing that. Like, with the... When he's going to Atlanta on the horse, and he is surrounded by the zombies... And get stuck in the tank. God, such a cool scene. My first thought was, this is it for him. Like, he's done. I don't understand how they're going to get him out of this. And then he he gets out of it, and then they're stuck in the building. It's like, okay, how are they getting out That's of it? That's what I'm saying. And That's what know, I'm saying. They are so good at setting up stuff yes. like that. They know how to use the world they've built uh, to set up these yes. scenes perfectly. I mean... It's rare. There's a few times where I'm like, oh, okay, they could just do that. It's very rare yeah. that I can do that. So, yeah, the writers on The Walking Dead are awesome. Yeah. Um, 
I'll tell you what. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about this? I don't think so. Okay. So, that's it for the Luther portion of this. Now we're just going to ramble about some other shit. And then we're going to update you guys with some things that are coming in the near future that I'm yep. very excited about. Um, I think, because I've been thinking about, like, how can we cover TV shows? Like, The Office. We've been talking about doing an episode on The Office. I think it'd be cool, because we, we're not going to sit down and review every episode. We're not going to sit down and review every season. It just ain't going to happen. There's too much TV. Think about doing that with Game of Thrones. We'd, We'd be, be like doing this for yeah. You guys year. be in your eighties. I'd be two hundred. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just so. My idea is we pick a show like yep. The Office, and eventually we can do Walking Dead. Me and you, which I'm excited about because yes. I've always wanted to talk about that with somebody <laughs> other than my dad. No offense, Dad. I love talking about Walking Dead with you, but I don't know. It's just it'd be cool to have yeah. other people to talk about it with. Um, but we just like pick moments that we think really drive the story forward in seasons yes like the office i can aim a bunch right off the bat you know and it so i think that would be easier for us to do and then we can have a general discussion off those key points that we so like maybe i pick two or three key points you pick two or three grant jordan and then that's how we tackle tv shows and i think that'd be cool for the audience too because i think again when you're going to tune into a podcast about a TV show, unless it says like review of episode, blah, 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 right. review of season, you're expecting they're talking about the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And we'll still give spoiler warnings, but I mean, I, I think people would enjoy knowing that it's not going to be this elongated thing where we cover everything. Right. Eh, enough people have done that. Yeah. I'm going to bring a little something new to the mix, but I still want to talk about it. Yes. Cause again, the office, one of my top, favorite tv series of all time yeah. such a big part of my life so as it is for a lot of people and then i don't know there's so many we could talk about we gotta watch longmire grant's gonna put another boot up our ass if we don't get on that soon and narcos uh-huh. he's already knocked that dang series out <laughs> i'm just like i, got like I can't I'm trying to knock there's down too right many now. there is oh, God, we just started this back in 98 yeah can we really... like me fresh in the orphanage podcasting well oh uh right now i want to give you a couple minutes or whatever you want to do even if it's just a quick sentence since you didn't get to speak on your behalf about the snyder cult page yeah so for anyone who watched our video he was originally going to be a part of that as he had a lot of things and i covered most of it my video ended up being an hour and i only wanted it to be like 30 minutes so (laughs) but there's so much to unpack on that, and we are going to be yeah. seen on some YouTube shows here in the near future, which I'm sure we'll get asked more questions about it. Um, but is there anything you just want to say about it with your experience with it, why we did it, yada, yada? Yeah, so like I said, I unfortunately wasn't able to make that podcast. That was one that I was very excited to be a part of. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, our, our day jobs – have to be a priority um you know at this point in time damn day jobs um so i got stuck working and couldn't make it um but so like my my experience with the whole snyder cult thing was you came up to me and you're like you know we like you said like i was i'm 
fresh in the sense of social medias. I'm still trying to learn how to operate social media things because I just, I never cared about that. Like, I just remember explaining Twitter to you. Yeah, I, I forgot I had it. to do that. Yeah. So. You were like, how do I Twitter? Because I, <laughs> so my history with Twitter, I've made accounts in the past and I looked at it. I was confused. I said, this, this sucks. So I deleted it. Like it didn't make sense. I didn't know what to do. I did it about two, three times. Finally, I went to you. I'm like, how do I do this? Like, it makes zero sense to me. And well, you could be like Jordan. Jordan tweets, the groundhog has risen. The groundhog <laughs> that's it. If you go to Jordan, well, Jordan doesn't even use Twitter anymore. No. But if you find his old Twitter account, that's what he used to tweet yeah. every year. That's it. <laughs> so. um, but, I mean, I, I'm, now I'm, you know, I understand Twitter and understand, like, how to operate it somewhat. So, enough to get by. So... You know, you came to me and was like, we were talking about, you know, the Snyderverse. We were talking about, you know, DC, Marvel, and all this stuff. And you started explaining to me, like, what's really going on with things I, I didn't get to see at the po- at that point in time. So I was mm-hmm. like, wow. Like, this is toxic. Like, you know, there's something that th- these people need to realize that they're doing is not, you know, it, it's too far. Like, don't get me wrong. A huge Snyder fan loved Zack Snyder's... Uh, Justice League. Um, I love you know most of his movies. Three hundred, like with DC. So Jordan and I were just talking about three hundred. Aside, so um, he's getting into Zack Snyder now. He is. Yeah, we're getting. Uh, it's very getting exciting. Um, but then you came to me with this idea, and honestly, <laughs> I was a little weary about it. I was a little worried because, like, with us being the face of you know, our business, Ray Miller Production, I was worried about the backlash yeah, for that, just yeah. starting off. I mean, just if, like, something bad did come of it and right. people were aware that we were behind it. Right. Yeah, that's so, why I was a big proponent of never showing my yes. face. Um, Funny how things work out. It is. And, <clears throat> I mean, luckily it worked out, you know, in a good sense for us. Mm-hmm. Um but you came to me, I was a little weary, but I was like, all right, let's try it. Like, we can only try it, see how it goes. I'm thinking, you know, nothing's going to come of this. Like, most of the things that we did at that point in time where random things would take off and it was like, yeah. why kind yeah. of deal. But I'm like, okay, maybe this might, but with one video, you know, we might get, you know, a hundred people to see this and that's it. Like, um, but like you said, like, it took off and I was like, oh. Like, these people are already proving our point. And, you know, we, you know, like you said, you, we were trying to decide, like, where to go from it. And, you know, it, it took a little bit for me to be like, okay, this this is worth it. Like, the amount of views we're getting on this and seeing people, you know, talk on their podcast and stuff like, who are these people? And people are like, oh, it's this person, it's this person. And they were wrong, 100% wrong. Um, every time except for Detective Melons. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I say saggy, that jokingly. Saggy, yeah. Um, well, see, that was a motivation for me, and I'm sure as you as well. Is like we were bringing out this ugly side of the fandom yeah. in full force. Um, but then we had people like her, yeah. uh, that understood what we were doing yeah. and let us know, like, this is awesome. Yeah. Keep it going. And there were other people, but she's always been a big supporter yep. of ours, so we like giving her shout-outs. Yep. Um, and don't get me wrong. Me being a part Detective of the Star Wars. Detective Melons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's um, funny. But me being a part of the Star Wars 
fandom. I understand the toxicity behind fandoms very well. Um, and, you know, a lot of the times I, I kind of see where, where they can be coming from, but at the same time I'm like, this isn't the way to go about it. And that's one thing that I absolutely loved about this and was uh, very excited for. Mm. Um, and then us just making these videos, I mean, yeah, it was fun. Like, I had a lot of fun dressing up and, you know, <laughs> seeing the reactions from people. But it didn't really hit me until you you made me realize like how big this was getting and then mm -hmm. i started digging into it more afterwards yeah but i was like at that point in time i wasn't really on twitter much i was i had it but i wasn't really doing anything with it and i was like wow like there's something here like there's kind of hard to like accept yeah. you know it's like things we're dealing with right now that right. we're like is this really about to happen like that's how it was then yes and I mean, it was just something that I really enjoyed doing, especially like towards the end. It was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, just the our thought process with it was, you know, almost insane. Like in the sense of like yeah. what we're doing to like prove our point. Um, I don't know. I just I had a very fun time with that. I think it was a very fun uh experiment we did it was that's exactly what it was it was just a fun experiment and it worked and it worked it actually freaking worked like so um you guys i don't know if anyone can relate to that it's so satisfying when you sit around and think of an idea that no one's done before because no one has ever done, done what we did before no. we can take pride in that i can say that very confidently yep. i've never seen anyone take something that's going on online that's being referenced to as one thing or another and then make an entire I don't even know a, a world out of it. We created like a whole little world out of this idea of, of a cult for Zack Snyder. And that's the thing is like, <laughs> one thing I love about our, our, uh, I'm trying to think of the right world word, uh, but our sarcastic characters that we make. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fictional characters we've come up with outside of this as well. Yes. You know, so that's, yeah, they, they can become really badass, like actual serious characters if we decide to do that. And I think that's what's great about this is we can make, you know, some weirder, you know, short film about these characters if we really wanted to. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's necessary. I think these characters were exactly what they needed to be. Yeah. I, um, I, I will say this. I mean, we're giving away the Dr. Shield Chill mask. Yeah. And that's... That last video I did for Mr. Sean O'Connell, um, that that was just purely for him. Yeah. I think he's a great guy. Um, I've started reading his books. He's a great author. I listened to his podcast. And uh, with all the research and everything that we had done, he definitely deserved to be our fourth pillar of the Snyderverse. And we know we get a lot of flack for people we never mention and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You know who they are because of how much they get mentioned. You yeah. probably don't know them directly. Yes, they were big contributors to the Snyderverse, the person who first tweeted the hashtag, the yeah. people that got the rallying together and made the events happen at the conventions. We yeah. know all about that. But the point of this was the people that we felt like weren't getting enough praise. Yeah. And it's gotten conversation going. Yeah. So it's worked, again. Um, but... That, that, for me, was kind of like the send-off, I think, for you, too. Yeah, I think it was a perfect send-off for yeah, now, you know, what we did. But what I'm getting into, because we've had people that want us to do more, like Saggy, uh, 
I'm not opposed to me. I mean, I'm sure if the right, because especially with the the toxic Snyder fans, yeah. the right scenario, you know, proposes that we do something. Mm-hmm. I can't say we won't set up some shit over there and film, right. you know, another cult thing. But um, the Doctor Shield Chill character is done with, yep. for sure. So, uh, and and that whole idea, I don't think we'll do War Diorant or any of the other. No. characters again <laughs> but yeah i mean we could always play around with that idea some more because we're we're still making stuff for this podcast like that you right. know skits and whatever so it's a possibility but god out of all the characters we created did you ever think dr shill chill would be the one to take off no no <laughs> I, when i first started that was like i said that was something where i thought we might get a hundred views if we're lucky kind of deal it's so funny like and... I, you know, I uh, I talked about the video. Um, I, I know you saw it, but like the 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 comments and the messages we were getting, and how my favorite was the one where it shows uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman holding his cell phone, and he's mm-hmm. talking to me like I'm the villain in his world. Um, for me, there was a couple more that were almost my favorite, like that. One of them, uh, someone put me on. I think it was the cliff in the Lion King, and I'm holding up, I'm holding up Simba, but he has Zack Snyder's head, and it says he's the one that will raise us and lead us to the promised land. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's like, what is that? But there's just so many ridiculous. Like, remember they put Snyder's face on Jesus, yeah, and they said like he has bestowed his love upon you yeah. and his blessings continue, my son. It's like. And that's like, a I'm a thing. prophet for right. <laughs> and that's the thing is like half of our creativity came from those memes the, the, and what they were. That's why I said like our our initial idea was just that first video. Like yeah. what would the initiation process for the the cult look like? Yeah. If you know Saturday Night Live did a skit on it, right. that was our whole. And then after that, it was like, oh, someone said something about this and this and this and. Like, my favorite is Touching Grass. Yeah. Because I'll never forget, we showed one of our co-workers what I did, and yeah. they, they laughed their ass off. They're like, no one's ever done that. Everyone kept saying, go touch grass. Go. So we made a video of Dr. Shilchil landing in a field and actually touching grass and getting, like, this magical power from it. And then I was like, I've touched grass. Now what? That's and a- people were like, this motherfucker actually went outside and touched grass. It was very sarcastic. Yeah, but I mean, that's what but I mean. The worked. comments we were getting yeah. actually drove what we were doing. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was fun. And that's what's funny. Like, with that one in particular, I didn't even know what go touch grass meant. Oh, and I, I understood it meant, like, go outside. Like. But I was taking it so literally literal. to be a smart ass. Yeah. And it's funny how that got... People got so riled up about the things mad. we would do and say. And... If someone can prove me wrong, please show it. I never once cussed at someone, said anything derogatory, um, anything in haste. No. Never got angry. No. We had nothing but respect for everybody, even the people that were hating on us. Yeah. And I think that's what made them mad even more is we weren't giving them what, what they, they wanted. wanted. Yeah, because they wanted us to show, like, see, they're the bad guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we thanked you for everything. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know. It was a good time. It was definitely one to remember, and I think it was something that, if I were to do it all over again, 
it'd be the exact same way. I, yeah, that's I don't think there's anything about like, it that I, I'd want to change. Even the things we had to do, like when you know, uh, Twitter, so we had to change our page and yeah. all that crap. That stuff we had to do. Mm-hmm. We had to go through that. It was inevitable. People wanted to cancel us. Um, for people who doubt that we had 430 whatever people report us, there is a pull on the Dr. Chill I think it is the Snyder Cult, at the Snyder Cult, whatever it is on Twitter. There is still a pull on our page. I'll pin it, actually. I'll pin it so it's at the very top. We had over 700 people yeah. vote that we delete our page in a survey asking if we should delete our page or post another video. Over 700 people. Yeah, that's wild. So the 400-something reports we got, that isn't anything compared to that. Okay? That's a lot of people that we were upsetting. And for doing what? What did we do? We made fun of a certain part of the fandom. And guess who probably reported us? That certain part of the fandom. fandom. It's like, come on. (laughs) I don't know. But anyways... Um, I gotta make a note of that. I want to pin that. That'll be that'll be a good reference point. I love giving people things that shut them up. Yeah, that's always fun to do too. Um, but yeah, so we'll uh, we'll close the book on that one. Now we're going to get into some. Let me see how much time we got here. We've been working on creating some new content for our podcast because we don't want to just be like any other podcast which I think should be the goal for any podcaster, but you know, um, so we have some new segments that we're all going to mm-hmm. be doing. Um, I'll start with my, uh, well, no, give me one second here. Yeah. I'll start, I'll start with my, my favorite one right now, just cause we've already began to film it and everything. Uh, Jordan, who you guys have seen on the show, is a skeptic and a non-believer in anything fantastical. And we have dedicated a whole segment to that idea because we all have a love for ghost hunting. Even Jordan, because he would love to witness something that changes his mind and shocks him. And we've done things like this for years, honestly. Um, So we've decided to go out with body cams and GoPros and all that and document folklore and ghost stories around us. We're from Southern Ohio, so there's a lot. There's a lot. And I'm very excited to tackle a lot of them. A lot of them I've already experienced with my dad. My dad and I used to ghost hunt. And now we're going to do it as a group. And it's just going to be really fun. Um, But we went to Bobby Mackey's, which is located in Northern Kentucky. You can go online and look up the history of that place because it is pretty extensive. It goes back to the mid-1800s. And it's wild. It involves murders um cults sacrificing demons i mean it's it's wild and the the stories that people have including the owner's wife to tell from that place are insane so we went out there with cameras this past weekend and we did some investigating of our own and we didn't do the tour that people do we wanted to investigate it uh unfiltered untouched by the people that work there and just see if we experience anything on our own so we did that, and uh, Jordan's going to tell you the story and moderate the footage that you see, and it's uh, it's going to be really interesting. So that's going to be called Incredulous Rundown, and we'll be posting one of those a month. Now, on top of that, we thought it'd be cool for all of us to have segments. Um, I already have one I've been doing called Ending Solved, um, but 
I want to kind of space out when I do that because there's not a lot of movies that have the ambiguous ending I'm looking for when it comes to the segment. So I want to keep it fresh. So every other month, I'm going to be doing Sunday AM Comics. I am a huge comic book fan. Um, I have a lot of comic books. I read a lot of comic books. And I think it'd be really cool to highlight whatever comic book I have read recently. So I'm going to film it in a way that shows off the art inside the book. And I'm going to give you a general synopsis of the story. And I'm going to try to keep it spoiler free in, re in complete form. So I'm not going to show you the whole book. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. But it's going to be enough to maybe make you want to read the comic book or, you know, the series that it is from if it's just a smaller novel. Um, but either way, that's something I'm going to be doing. And those will be posted on Sundays in the morning because, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, Sunday morning comics. It was always a thing with me. And I think it'd be fun to bring that to the show. And then Dimitri here has Deerstalkers, in which he's going to be talking about the psychology and history and investigations on non-fictional serial killers. Fictional, too. Oh, fictional, too. Yeah, there's a couple fictional serial killers. Um, okay. One of the fictional ones are actually is actually my favorite serial killer of all time. Is it Dexter? It is. <laughs> um, wow. But... Okay, um, I didn't know. So, that, so that's I, cool. I am going to throw in some fictional All right. ones. Also. So there you go, serial killers in general, um, and basically that's it. I mean, that's it summed up, and it'll be very exciting because he's very well knowledge in this world, and he's passionate about it, fascinated by serial killers, um, almost to a concerning degree. But like it'll psychology. make for a very entertaining entertaining segment. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I like psychology. I like psychology. That's, like, yeah. That's what got me started. And, and, and dead bodies and stuff. <clears throat> now, that gets us to Grant, which we've done some rebranding for his segment, but it's still going to be the same old thing. Sports. So if you're a person who's in the sports and you want to see sports content from us, Grant, the coach, GM, whatever you want to call him, he's going to be tackling sports um, we'll probably do his segment twice a month because he's going to be tackling sports that are currently in season. And I'll tell you what, this guy is an encyclopedia about sports. I've never met someone like him. He knows about every sport, even sports he's never played. Yep. He knows the history. He knows what's currently going on. He knows what's going to happen. It's wild. Um, so yeah, when you'll... we went to the res game last year in the middle of the game, he goes, he's getting traded by the end of the night and he got traded by the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you guys. Like, I'm telling you. So you'll want to tune in for that, and it's going to be called Ion Sports. And like I said, that'll probably be twice a month. We're going to try to do it more regularly just to keep up with the sports that are going on. There's a lot of stuff to keep up there with. There are. But just so you guys don't think this is replacing anything we're doing already, we're still doing the full panel discussions once a week. We're going to post those Tuesday or Wednesday of every week. It'll probably mostly be Wednesday. Um, it just depends on how big the episode is and how much editing it takes. But I'm going to try to have them posted Tuesday night and then available Wednesday morning. But if they're smaller episodes, might just have them posted on Tuesday just to jumpstart the week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's not changing. Now we are going to try to focus more on genre-centric discussions. So we've done some movies on their own. But, again, we feel like there's so many podcasts that do that. We're trying to do something different. Um, so we're getting ready to post a Modern Warfare and Film episode that I'm very excited about. I think it is our best episode yet. Um, it's a it's a long discussion, 
we cover five or six war movies and we realized, you know what, we're going to have to do a couple more of these because there's a lot of good war movies that tackle uh, modern warfare. And for those of you that are going to be like, uh, World War II is modern warfare. We understand that technically, but we're also dedicating a whole episode to World War II because it is all of our favorite wars and it just deserves its own episode in our opinion. And we'll eventually do Vietnam, World War One as well. So calm down. <laughs> uh, we're kind of just basing uh, any kind of warfare that's, whether it's a fictional story or non-fictional, that takes place in the 90s or later. That's how we're going about it. So, so yeah, uh, you'll see more genre-centric discussions, not so many on one movie. Um, and as you heard earlier, we're going to do TV shows in which we just discuss the whole TV show that's completed. So we won't tackle any shows that are currently going on unless we feel like it's something that we're all currently watching and we can discuss. But that's kind of rare because we all have completely different schedules and we all have different priority lists on things we're watching currently. So because basically how our friendship works, like our dynamic as a group we all have different interests and we are like, man, Hey, you should check this out. And then we're like, okay, we add it to our list. So like one thing I've watched him, Grant and Jordan haven't watched one thing Jordan's watched us three haven't watched. And it just, it's a never ending cycle of chaos and misery. And we can just never watch something at the same time. <laughs> Except for house of dragon. Me, you and Jordan did good with that. Yeah, We, we did, did good with go. that. And actually we are going to do an episode on house of dragon. Yep. So that's one you can look forward to. Uh, but that, I guess that season's complete. So, but uh yeah so uh lots of fun stuff coming uh we try to keep this one short end up being a little over an hour, <laughs> but whatever never fails yeah it never fails um but yeah uh just want to thank everybody who tunes in and listens to us we've had a few people reach out saying they're really enjoying what we're doing um we've been slowly but gradually uh improving anywhere we think we need to i mean i'm sure you noticed in this one we've changed our setup um that's just to give us more room and have less noise in the background so um i've been more comfortable during this i don't know about you i yeah, i, I like, like having like having room yeah. <laughs> it's nice so yeah you'll notice that our setup might change here and there uh we get new equipment yada 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 uh, we're just trying to make this a better experience for us and you guys so yeah that's uh that's it on this episode uh, sorry for the tangent and all this other stuff besides Luther. That's why I emphasized when we were done with it. Um, if you guys have anything you're wanting to see from us, feel free to throw some suggestions our way. Uh, I have an ending solved on Todd Phillips' Joker that I'm doing, which was suggested by a Twitter user, So, which is a movie I didn't want to try to solve the ending on, but <laughs> I gave it my best shot. Um, so, yeah, if, if you guys suggest things, we're more likely than not going to do it because we like a challenge and there's probably things we're not going to think of on our own. It's kind of overwhelming to try to do a podcast on everything, you know, because we want to talk about books, music, anything that has a story to, you know, like it's a lot to try to cover. It is. It is. I mean, it's so yeah. If there's anything you guys want to see, just let us know. We'll probably do it except porn. We're not going to review porn. No. We're discuss porn. God's not. That'd, that'd be weird. I don't know why I just thought of that, but I'm like, <laughs> I can see some like, Talk about Ron Jeremy. Like, yeah. yeah. You can do that. Um, 
But yeah, and then also if there's anything with these segments that we just announced that you guys are excited about or want to recommend to us. Again, we're from Southern Ohio. So if there's any ghost stories you've heard about in Indiana, Kentucky, anywhere around us, let us know. Uh, it's probably something we've already got on our list, but still, we'd like to hear from you. So we always like the discussion. But that's, uh, I think that's it. That's all for me. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Bye.